Which I think, you know, like I was even thinking about titling this episode and I'm like, if I call it Commando, I'm like, I know what people are going to think it's about. And I'm like, seeing I- there, Commando? No, no, that's what <laughs> I thought. We have pants on, guys. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> everyone and welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Alex Adams. Hi Jai, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Oh. We've been really focused um, heavily on creativity and um, by extension entrepreneurship. In fact, everyone, I think just about everyone we've actually spoken to has started their own business, broken away from what they've been doing in the past and um, kind of they've always talked about that mindset that's kind of required. Um, and tonight what I really wanted to expand on was not really, sorry, was not only just that mindset, but really kind of the culture aspect of maker and creator, which is really around we're in this kind of mode of people doing their own things, finally feeling like they can follow their passions. But at the same time, they're kind of met with a lot of fear. They're met with a lot of doubt and kind of this idea that everyone's spending so much time on social media focused on themselves and, you know, kind of addicted to te- technology, they're not really taking a moment to kind of reset and work out who they are and how they kind of approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, so tonight uh, we've got Steve Willis on the show, a.k.a. The Commando, and I think while many people will know him from The Biggest Loser, um, I've really been fortunate enough to know Steve since I was about 20, I realised, which is which is terrifying, which is a long time now, um, and he's actually solely responsible, maybe more... <laughs> Um, maybe more terrifying for you, Steve, but is actually solely responsible for my journey um, into fitness, actually first through Fitness First. I worked out on a beach down in San Susie <laughs> um, and then, you know, a, a lot of years at CrossFit. Um, but I wanted to depart kind of purely from the physical, and I'm sure we'll touch a little bit about on that, but I really wanted to kind of uh, tap into Steve's perspectives on kind of mindset and motivation, um, not only because people probably aren't as familiar and aware that it's a big passion of his, but also because I think the people we're speaking to will be able to really learn something from a lesson about work, lessons about life, and kind of lessons about mindset. So mm. welcome to the show, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. It's lovely to uh, to be a part of your podcast no. and um, I guess share some of my experiences and so-called wisdom. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of wisdom. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, so I feel like I can use that word. It's like I'm starting to get to those the, the age bracket where You're it's- you now an owl. You, a wise owl. Sometimes I wish I could just sit in a tree and go big eyes. <laughs> big eyes. Actually, we've got a property down south in the Southern Highlands um, outside of Sydney, and I was there with my little one who's three, and we've got a barn, like a, a two-car garage down near the front gate. And I was out looking into the trees and I thought, is that an owl? <laughs> and I went up and it was quite high up and there's this big owl just like. Really? This big owl. Just, they're, they're pretty freaky when they, really? they just. Yeah, they just unrelentingly stare holes through you. <laughs> and was it during <laughs> and, the day or in the middle yeah, of the night? It was, it was during oh. the day. And really? I grabbed Axel and brought him over and pointing it out to him. And they, they camouflage very well. Oh. They, uh, they almost look, look like, like bark. Yeah, like a like bark or just a branch, just really? an extension off of where they're kind of perched. But um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I don't think I've ever seen it out like <laughs> out in the wild. But I think a lot of what I'm just saying now um, ties in with your introduction. Yeah. Around relationship with self, mm. you know, creating space. That's um, a stretch. Okay, how does no. how do you correlate those two between well, the how, owl? How do, because you just said I don't think I've ever seen an owl in nature. Yeah. 
So a lot of it is uh-huh. slowing yourself down, yes. calming, creating space, and just observing. Yeah. Trying not to constantly be scrambling or like a dog chasing its tail. You know, yeah. it kind of gets into that spin. I think a lot of us do that more than the dog does. Yeah. And just being, mm. you know, and, and rather than feeling, feeling so compelled to uh, escape into things. Yeah. But a lot of us don't like certain feelings or emotions or thoughts that we're experiencing in the moment. So we do something to try and quell or manufacture away. Yeah. Like for a long mm. time, I couldn't take a walk without having a like a podcast in my ear. Mm. Like the idea of being alone with my thoughts for a few minutes, like was, was terrifying. Daunting, yeah. yeah. Like I just wouldn't do it. And like it would, it would physically make me a bit twitchy. Um, and that's interesting. even my, uh, cause I've got terrible attention. Like my attention is, is off the scale kind of like, I can't sit still. I can't focus for a long time. Unless it's something you're passionate about. Yeah. And then I lose myself completely in it, mm. which is what we find, uh, you know, which what I find at work with a lot of our creatives is they're fine once they're doing something they're passionate about. Mm. And as soon as that breaks, I mean, it's, you know, like chasing a cat, like you, you, you're never going to get, get it. Uh, Trying to pin back. it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, went in deep, eh? Real fast. I told you <laughs> I like, can do it. It's like, it's like, you know, so get the knife, it. cut it open, get into the layers. Yeah. And here I was just sitting here during the whole introduction going, the commander's in my lounge room. <laughs> Drop and give me 50. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, you know, like I was even thinking about titling this episode. And I'm like, if I call it commander, I'm like, I know what people are going to think it's about. And I'm like, sitting I- there, commander? No, no, that's what <laughs> I thought. We have pants on, guys. Yeah. Just for the record. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. So, like. How do you even describe what you do, Steve? Like, you know, do, oh, do pick, like it'd be know. hard for somebody to come up and ask you what do you do anymore. But you know, being you know, a, you know, a celebrity. But have you ever had to describe well, it, or do you think about it yourself? I try to sometimes, but I think my approach is is being human and being an empathetic, compassionate, kind human being, mm. um, more so than anything, and. I guess the values, the virtues, the, the the attributes around what it means to be human. I think a lot of us, um, via the status quo and buying into certain things, we lose sight of that. And I was saying it just before, we get caught up in trying to be or create some level of facade or front to make out that we're something or something other than who we are. And for me, it's... Um, Exercise has been yeah. there for me since I was I was very very young, and I really lent on exercise in my teens. You know, I I, I struggled much like anybody else with certain things um, in life, more more in the family sense and more intimate um, in an intimate way. And exercise was my go to. But for anyone that exercises, they know it's difficult. Mm. It's hard mm. to to maintain a certain level of of training or, or whatever it is that you want to call it, um, it can't be superficial. You've got to scratch the surface. There has to be deeper meaning and intent behind your reasons why you pull your shoes and socks on every day or yeah. you know, how often it is that you do it and, and get the job done. And over the years, what was quite broad and general, I've been able to, to kind of hone in on and focus on. Right, And it's, I think, through exercise – it creates a common ground. Um, it helps me to relate and speak to people and 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 bond, and then go on a bit of a journey. Um, 
And that's something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. That's that's how we met. You know, yeah. my my ability to articulate myself and and kind of talk is a lot better than it used to be. You mm. not have met me when I was still quite green and fresh out of the army. Yeah. So it was kind of this. Yeah, it was this, months. It was the standard. Yeah. You know, you drew. I drew the line. Not just me, but Mick as well. We drew this line. It was like, well, this is the standard. You want to train with us. Mm. You know, you need to kind of, you know, raise your own bar and and live up to this standard or expectation that we uphold in the way in which we run our facility. Yeah. Um, and it's not, to, that's a double-edged sword in itself. But back to your question about how I explain what it is that I do, <laughs> it's, it's, on, it's on many fronts, but more so than anything, helping people to just be more comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. Have a better relationship with themselves. Be a little more forgiving, a little more calm, kind of surrender to what is in the present moment. And in through that surrender and acceptance, you can let go of things and you can put space around things. And much like you would with a young child, if you saw it crying or distressed, you would comfort it, you yeah. would nurture it. But we don't do that very much for ourselves nowadays. We're very hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, guilt, you know, a lot of these very strong emotions um, that come on but only last a short period of time, but they're debilitating. They mm. leave us drained, yeah. exhausted. Like why do sporting teams have interchanges? Yeah. Can you yeah. take us back, Steve, to how it all started? So you were really passionate about sport during high school or mm. throughout school, and then did you go straight from school and get into the army? Yeah, so I, I played a lot of team sport through my teens um, into and then and started training in in the gym and, you know, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger um, <laughs> body, uh, so, encyclopedia of bodybuilding yep. is kind of my yep. book. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love Bruce Lee and all yeah. those kind of kind of uh, figures that um, I felt were very empowering. Mm. They, they were kind of living their truth and, and, and reinforcing through their actions, you know, the things that they said. Yeah. So I wanted to emulate them. And... When I'd left school, I actually um, wanted to do a trade as a builder. Okay. Enough. And it, it was fairly difficult to get a trade in the early 90s, mid-90s. And a, a friend of my father said, why don't you join the army and go to engineers? Yeah. And then through Because you could get a trade through do, the yeah, army, yeah. Yeah, so you do your trade, which is what, four years, five years? Yeah. And then uh, in lieu, you kind of give – you do another four years as like payment back. Yeah. So you're not actually physically paying for it, um, but it's kind of time in lieu. Yeah. And then you could, you know, eight years later, you could discharge and you'd have a trade. Yeah. And a lot of, and a lot of people do that. Yeah. And I've also had a lot of friends that have gone through infantry and the like, and they've done what they call core transfer to get a trade and then go back. So when mm. they do finally leave, they've got, you know, some skill sets, but it's, it, the world of the military and in, the integration into um, in, back into a civilian life is a lot better than it used to be in the recognition yeah. of skill sets and mm. and the like. And just with technology now, it's you know there's a there's a huge um, requirement for those skill sets yeah. for transference. But but anyway, back to that story. I I, I went to uh, recruit training and I uh, was doing everything that they asked of me. And some of the old hands that were there were like, there's no point being in the army unless you go to infantry. <laughs> you know, you can do any other job in the army in Civvy Street. So if you want to do those jobs, 
back off the CB street. You know? <laughs> I was like 18. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Impressionable. So like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very young and impressionable. And you, know, you think you're, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So yeah, <laughs> right, right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what they – and um, so I went to the School of Infantry, did my trade as, a, uh, as an infantier and got posted into a unit that then went through a role change to commandos. Yeah. And I did the selection process – and was fortunate enough to pass, you know, alongside a lot of my friends and, yeah, spent the rest of my army years in the unit, which is now called um, Two Commando Regiment, which is out at Holsworthy, mm. so out Liverpool way, anyone knows. And of, very uh, intensely physical, I imagine. Well, yes, it yeah. is, but, you know, there's seven particular attributes that they look at. And, what um, are they? Trying to, well, well, trying to remember them off the top of my head. Um, I can imagine there's a lot that transfer into, uh, that you've oh, been able to transfer def- into. Definitely. Really? I think I think just in the in conversation, you utilizing the word attributes, yeah, so that there's awareness or a mindfulness and what they are, and upholding those because a lot of us we don't we ha- intrinsically we have certain values and attributes and and and, and a moral standing that we're brought up with in our close knit family units mm. and, and 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 the like and. You know, through the schools that we go to and just the social environments. And um, it's funny when you make certain decision, decisions or choices in life where you put those attributes or values to the side in, for the cost of something else and it kind of leaves you feeling pretty empty. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's where society's at nowadays. We mm-hmm. really, it's quite erroneous and we've let a lot of our values and who we are, not just as individuals, but collectively. Mm. Go, but that's not to say that that's a bad thing, because I see an old way of thinking, which was very ignorant and biased around people, is kind of being bro- the mold is being broken, and mm. we're more inclusive, we're more accepting of one another and and people's different beliefs and their values and the like, but. It's like the polarity. We, you go from one extreme to, to the, the other, other before mm. you kind of find a, a balance point in the middle, like a, I guess, like a teeter-totter, like a yeah. seesaw. And, and, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have a corporate job per se, but almost who you deal with, I imagine, mm. a lot of the time are corporates, you know, whether it's, you know, you're speaking, you're training, et cetera. Um, what, what do you kind of see as their biggest challenges? Their biggest challenges yeah. is... Or that the the mechanical come. aspects of of how corporations and the like run, and 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 yeah, you know, essentially at the end bottom, the end of the day, it's the bottom end. It's it's you know being in the black, and it's those profit margins, yep. especially for publicly listed companies and the like. But it's it's everyone that's involved within. We're humans, and it's our emotional well being and state of mind. Um, that we need to, and we are, we're paying more attention to that. It, in the past, it was kind of chew them up and spit them out. Mm. And we're recognizing you just can't keep, there, there isn't an infinite number of human beings to get the job done. Yeah. Mm. And, and, then other, and then when that happens, you've got all these broken people, whether that's in a physiological sense, but psychologically, the anxieties, the stresses, you know, just the, the, um, the issues around perspective and outlook on on life, the depression, and um, we need to we need to be accountable to ourselves for all of that. And and corporates are, are leading the way in that sense and that whole mental health piece. But it's 
it's it's still a tricky space. No, there, there is no one solution. No. pantyhose, one size mm. fits all. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's different for corporations, but it's different for those individuals in the corporation. Mm. And you know, two weeks ago, we were speaking to the guys who run Unyoked, which is like a tiny house minimalism movement where. They've got, what, 30 properties out in the middle of nowhere. They're all secret locations. So you can disconnect and kind of get a prescription for life, you know, and a kind of immerse yourself in nature. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's, sorry. And, and almost to a point where, you know, the sites they select, you can't see anyone else. Like that's yeah. one of their oh, principal right. requirements to living in these, you know, tiny houses, which are like the, um, not bare minimum, but they're not excessive in terms of... You yeah, know. you won't find technology like television. Yeah. Much, much like I experienced not so long ago on Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> commercialised... Yeah, yeah. um, Maybe without uh, the spiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Australia is quite hostile when it comes to a lot of our creepy crawlies compared to a lot of other places in the they're, world. They're just it's, like white tails in my like bedroom the other night and I'm like, mm. what is this? I don't know. I grew up in the outback. I'm like, meh, spiders. But I see a rat and I lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, rats terrify me. But, yeah, it's na- nature and, and that immersion process and um, living very simply, I think it's it's quite misconstrued because it's, it's, it's quite difficult mm. to be, to live simply, to live with very little, to to be comfortable in your own skin and, and present with self. Yeah. yeah. Because we've been conditioned since we were little to um, to constantly throw ourselves into things and at things and and, and distract ourselves. And uh, it's it's a challenge. I think of it much like art. It's 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 the art of um, you know, working with self and being with self um, regardless of the circumstances. And I think that's where we need to break the illusion a little or the delusion mm. and understand that certain things that we commit to, there are standards and expectations. And to live up to those, what other um, responsibilities or uh, priorities do yeah. you already have that may suffer because of what you're about to step into? And And that can be difficult because... A lot of the time when we step into something that's new, we're a beginner. Mm. And I think also society has this idea of, um, you know, if I'm busy, like people like to be busy. Oh, I can't, I'm so busy. Yeah. Oh, how's your day? How's your week going? Oh, I'm being so busy lately. But that's a choice that people make. You can be unbusy. But, right? that's, but that's a justification. Yeah, I wonder, like, what do you think around that? People who are oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. It's almost like people need that validation of but, but if I say I'm busy. But they're busy, but where are they busy? Yeah. The majority of people are just busy in their mind. In yeah. a physiological sense, they're not really doing all that much with their bodies. <laughs> well, that's it. The first thing that comes up with, and, you know, I did want to touch on this, is, you know, there is now a culture of fitness within Australia. Oh, uh, yeah. Well. And, well, yeah. And it is probably the most convoluted, you know, narcissistic, narcissistic, <laughs> dis and misinformation filled space there yeah. is. Like, you know, this PTs who are famous for shutting it down now, there are PTs for, who is just as famous for holding it up. And yeah. it's, it's probably one of the most confusing areas, especially in Australia, which is an incredibly huge look at me culture. Mm. Um, and, and, and sporty fitness driven culture yeah. as well. Like, yeah. fitness is huge in Australia. Yeah. And, and, and kind of, where, you know, where this has come from, I think, has put new pressures on people to succeed in something else. It's like, if I don't look like this, then something's yeah. wrong. Well, and, that's right. Yeah. And then, 
Yeah, that that validation, that confirmation of identity, mm. um, not gen- not just with self, but amongst others. And I, th- I think we all go through that, especially through our teens and and in, and in our twenties. Mm. And I think we start to break that mold and connect with. I only have so much energy and so much time, and and what are my passions? You know, what really drives me. And what do I want to afford that time and energy and, and put it into? And when you start to s- step and walk that path, that's when I think the doors or the door starts to open for people. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. No. That, but then it comes back to the simplicity. It's, it's setting the foundation and the framework and expressing yourself from within. Because without a foundation and framework, like how do you know where the boundaries are? And, and that's, I think we do talk around this point a lot with the people we talk to. And you've kind of mentioned it a few times, you know, if you put language to attributes, it gives it meaning. So you know what your attributes are. We used to speak a lot about values and now we don't as much because we're unsure of them, but we're trying to bring people back to understand what they are. And I always think Alex is a good example of setting, knowing yourself to set up what you want to achieve. Mm. What's kind of your advice to kind of people who are, aren't sure how do we even start to do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it's um I think first and foremost being kind and what that looks like. It took me a long time to just be kind to myself. Mm. And I think when you can genuinely be kind with yourself and and gentle with yourself, you'll find that flow and effect from you know it, introspectively it will work from the inside out and um all those other things like responsibility well uh, sorry first acceptance of what is in the present moment which require require requires responsibility and accountability for the choices and the decisions made leading up to that point in time Mm. and then just small steps like i use the analogy of um, a compass so if we all had a compass and we walked true north for 10 kilometers we'd end up at a certain destination mm-hmm. we come back to that start point and we change that compass bearing by one degree and walk 10 kilometers one degree we would end up in a completely different place yeah and that's all people need to do they need to they need to take stock i guess take a deep breath put some space around what it is they're doing where they want to affect change and um I guess uphold certain attributes or values, but but also be willing to hold themselves accountable to it because it's all right to do it sitting in a lounge chair around the 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 the, the, um, the dining room table, but when you've you've got to get out there and, and do it, and then you've got others who are influencing your way of thinking and the like, it's too easy to just give up on those things. Mm. Yeah. Step into that, and that's where you then start. To, you feel quite empty. You feel like you've let yourself down. And then that whole vicious cycle of the narrative and the story that we're caught in, it's, it's like you're almost confirming your own behavior. Yeah. Mm. It's like, ah, oh, there you go again. You're no good. You're, just, you're useless. You just can't, you can't, you can't commit to anything. Or what, yeah. you know, people, and, and that's all going on inside people's heads. And then, and then because they get that way, they get really agitated and they have a beer or you know, a few beers or a bottle of wine or they go out and exercise and beat the bejeebas out of themselves mm. and never really go anywhere. They're just on a treadmill because they're using negative emotions to try and achieve something good. 
Yeah. It won't work. And that comes back to this piece around motivation. It, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're drinking. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, heavily addicted to the gym, which, you know, you, you see a lot of the time and it's around those motivations of why people are there. It's, and, well, that's those things are just acting out. Yeah. But um, they're symptoms of. Like, that, that's right. And it's, it's, it's observing. <laughs> it's observing your own behavior and being willing. And uh, there's a gentleman that... Um, that I follow, Thich Nhat Hanh, he's mm-hmm. a Zen Buddhist master. And he says, the reason you practice mindfulness and meditate and, and the like is so that you can, um, you can have focus, you can concentrate, there's concentration. And through concentration, you gain insight. Now, wouldn't you say that with the things that you're passionate about? Yeah. You're aware, you put a lot of focus and concentration into it and you gain insights from that. Now, the same can be said, you know, in everything else as well. But it's not that mindfulness, that concentration, that insight isn't to when you see in yourself a certain behavior, you try to resist it and, and, and manufacture or push it away. Mm. You actually go, ha, oh, there you are, my anger. Give it a big hug, smile to it and go, I don't need you right now. Yeah. And then you get to quell it. It's, it's, it's like growing a garden. You water. All our emotions are like seeds. It's just which seed do you choose to water? Which seed do you want to uh, to to take hold and and kind of express itself? Yeah. But a lot of us are so caught now in, in our way of being from an early age. From I know from my father with his anger, and I, it was almost unrelenting. It was like every day. I grew up as a young boy thinking that's how I had to be. Yeah. Mm. I just had to be this angry son of a gun. Yeah. That was short with everything. It was like a redhead match, you know, like an odd light. And um, as I got older, I was like, I don't want to be like that with my kids. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I, I love giving them a hug. I love telling them that I love them mm. and, and being there for them in the, in the most simplistic of things, like going down to the farm and just sitting on the grass and enjoying a beautiful day, listening to the birds, spotting feeling the owls. sunshine, spotting owls. Yeah. You know, like that's if you can't enjoy those types of things, mm. you, the joy and happiness that you're seeking in anything external to yourself will never come. Yeah. Steve, everything that you're talking about right now just seems so well thought out, so considered, like you've done a lot of work figuring out who you are. It doesn't strike me as things that you would have learnt in the army. Like, was there something that you afterwards, I, like, no, or was it from the army? I no, don't know. no. So, from a very early age, I always felt there was because you talk about the softness di- and the gentleness different yeah. to what I was being taught by other human beings, right? And at an early age. Something drew me to martial arts, but my parents wouldn't let me do martial arts. So for me, the next best thing I felt was training, exercise, you know, seeing the bodybuilders and the like, you know, not knowing, you know, hey, and I've got a lot of admiration for bodybuilders and the commitment they put in because a lot mm. of people think they're bodybuilders, mm. but they can't, they just don't have the dedication and the commitment. But that aside, um, through the army and a lot of, endurance like sleep deprivation and and food deprivation Mm. and things like that like they tested you in certain selection processes around that to see if you could uphold those attributes that they were looking for yeah Mm. um uh, and but it's not like everybody in life needs to 
be put through the ringer like that. <sighs> but that's that's essentially testing those attributes. And you know, I remember when I was young, anyone that's been in the military would understand what I'm saying now, but you'd be put out on sentry. So you'd be put a, out a 100 metres or 200 metres out in front of the rest of you know, the platoon or, or the company as early warning. And you might lay out there for two hours. You just, you've got to lay on the ground and be the eyes and ears for everyone back there who might be digging trenches and the like yeah. and signal the early, early warning or be able to sneak back in and say, oh, the enemy's approaching from, from this angle. Yeah. So you, 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 you start and your mind wanders. Yeah. yeah. And you, you're laying there in the ground and you're thinking about all this stuff. And I, I'm only reflecting on this now because, yeah. I, again, I've put thought into yeah. it that in that moment I'm like – Feeling like I'm bored out of my brain. Yeah. All you want to do is cold. Yeah, yeah. I want to eat something. I want to eat something. Yeah, it's like, man, it's starting to get dark, and am I going to be able to find my way back yeah. in? Um, and and um, which and is what most normal people yeah. would be thinking. And, and, and you would get your butt kicked if you fell asleep. Yeah, oh, oh fuck, man, the trouble you get in. And that's the thing you'd be like finding yourself on the nod like and you'd have your rifle and you'd like headbutt the sight and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, like keep your weight for a little bit more and just trying to be quiet but again embracing and harnessing a lot of those skills so that's where i think from the army what i gained most in upholding those values and attributes was not just the talk but we spent a lot of time practicing them being yeah. them yeah pulling our sleeves up and that's where i think nowadays we spend so much time, as we are here, talking mm. and we speak to the intellect and there's comprehension. Ah, oh, yes, I understand. Like the squat jai. Yeah. Now, let's take that squat off the whiteboard and let's go and practice it. <laughs> so there's the, it, so you gain a deeper understanding and, and, and way of being through the immersion, the practice of what you learn in a theoretical sense. Yeah. And that's where you have your experiences. And everyone has a different perspective. So you you then can explain that squat a lot different to how you've learned from the board. But that was, I guess, that aspect of the army. But that uh, the other mindfulness um, side and understanding, I think, came a few years after I was in the army. I did the CrossFit Games or competed <laughs> in the CrossFit Games and I absolutely destroyed myself for this mm. competition. And I remember coming back to Australia and, being at the gym and yeah, I was so crushed. Like even the thought of exercise made me feel sick. Wow. Yeah, and you look you look quiet and you look oh, yeah, tight. Was, you look I sick. Quite, I was quite withdrawn and, and, yeah. and this is and like I, the what the CrossFit link. Yeah. I think I've seen this Cross, on like a Netflix yeah, or something. Yeah, it's yeah. intense. Yeah. It is. Okay. And the difference between that and the army is you're trying to win something. The mm. army, there's there's never win. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we it's, never it's, win, it's, and this is never over. Yeah. It's just it's about and perseverance. a lot of waiting and, and probably endurance, endurance almost in the army. Yeah, but isn't life that? Yeah, and yes. it's an endurance race from start to finish, regardless of you know how long it is that you live. But so why not be as comfortable in your own skin and mm. and centered and and pragmatic and compassionate and love as you possibly can be and the more of us that can be like that like they're they're energy sources that are that are just forever yeah, they're, yeah. Like you, you give and they're free that flow of energy that's exactly you can give right. them to people for and, the, free. and they are non-competitive which i think is important that's, because yeah. like and i think i've heard you say this before but like competition teaches us something about ourselves but you don't want to do that all the time and if you did that through your work and through what you're doing after work when you go to bed when you go to you know whatever's mm. relationship you've got in your life like you 
there's a point where you all that learning becomes almost um, redundant because you don't have any time to apply it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, being and just being with yourself, like spending lots of time meditating, sitting and, and being, or or even now the ability, you know, sitting here, this, how, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go there now in conversation with others. So hopefully I get this right. So much like an in-breath or an out-breath, you can focus on an in-breath and you can focus on an out-breath, but what about the space between the in-breath and the out-breath? So if you breathe in and hold that breath and just pause, that's where life is. It's in between. Mm. And then you breathe out and then there's a, and you pause, there's life. So life is actually occurring in the space, but we're all brought up so fixed on form. But life, like this building, your apartment, it's the space in which you express yourself. Yeah, it's, it's not that's the, the boundaries either side. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's, that's where the beauty is. And, and the ability to do that and be present in that in your daily activities and interactions with other human beings. Like when we were talking over here before, before we started the podcast, mm. that's what I was thinking to myself. I was listening to you both talk. And I was just trying to put myself, observe myself just, just somewhere in there. And mm. we were talking about the word expectation. And again, just trying to let go of you know, certain expectations and level of tension or any kind of agitation just because it helps to just empty the mind. Yeah. And then you can tap into this wisdom that's beyond the intellect. Mm. Yeah. I guess I'm curious as to, you know, it sounds like you'd, through the army, you got quite a lot of enlightenment and a lot of it was time on your own with your own thoughts. You had a lot of time to, to really dig deep into your own persona. How do you go from something like the army where completely different mindset, you're constantly being tested and pushed and, and Mm -hmm. challenged to then coming out of that and going on a prime time (laughs) reality TV show, like the biggest loser where you have a persona, you know, I always think of, Commando Steve with the khaki trousers and the glasses and you are a persona. How do you keep true in your mind the mindset that you got from the army and and apply that to which is also something equally as challenging to be authentic and genuine in that situation? The television and what is shown is only snippets of the daily interactions that you have with people. Um, so were they genuine, the interactions that you had? Like you were outside, their trainers? Yeah, yeah totally. You were- and you would have conversations um, with people and kind of set them up around certain expectations. Like when we go on camera, yeah. you know, I'm going to change. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't I actually, hate, I actually yeah. hate wearing Oakleys. I haven't worn Oakleys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are the ugliest uh, sunglasses I've ever owned. But, um, yeah, so you'd set them up with that. And, and again, I, I learnt quite quickly – and and I, coming from the military and not really being in that world of people on the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. who who feel their lives have utterly fallen apart that they, they they have no direction they're incapable of of making a decision around their health and well-being mm. and they and they felt or feel that they needed to put themselves on national television on a on a weight loss show as their last resort I I really felt for them yeah. yeah, and to connect with them on that level and 
find a common ground was important for me. And what I used to say to them is when the biggest loser is in the rear vision mirror, what is going to drive you? Yeah. Mm. And you're going to go home to all of these distractions, all of these commitments that haven't changed in the time that you you were on the um, on the on the show. You, you removed for twelve weeks. Mm. It's it's going to be like the floodgates are opened, and you want to try and maintain a level of what you've done here at home. Plus, look after kids and do a job and do all that, and you find quite quickly it's so much pressure that you just default to your old coping mechanisms. Mm. Yeah, because most ex- of us do. Yeah, because it's external mm. motivation, and you, you you know they were living in a vacuum for twelve weeks. That's but right. I think you're hundred percent right. Like it is impossible to completely detach from the humanity of that situation as well. And like, you know, in terms of kind of those links, I, I think those ones are, are really clear. But but the other the, the other thing that really stood out for me is fear. Yeah. And fear is a huge driving force for all of us. Majority of us, the decisions we make, the decisions and choices we make are based in fear. And a lot of us, you know, my younger years, I'm not scared, whatever. It was all mm. a facade. You know the tattoos. All it's all a facade. <laughs> it's all like I actually like them. Yeah, I okay. appreciate them. But, but I know when I was younger, you would look at people in that sense, and mm. you think they were Hard, bigger and tougher. Yeah. And the, but it it's not true. And um, with the contestants, I used to say to them, and these people, I'd say, you know, I could I can yell and scream and jump up and down and 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 strike the the fear of God into your heart. But when I turn around turn around and walk away, are you going to continue doing what I've asked you to do? Majority of the time, not. They'll conform. Fear will have you conform, but it won't change the way in which you think. And you want to, you want the, you want to give them reason and, in, and, and help them to build their own intent for why it is they want to affect change. Mm. And when you can tap into that and you can get them wanting to do it for themselves, yeah. well, it's like, having a, a child and getting to a point in life where it's like, off you go. It's yeah. time to go and walk, walk on your own two feet. And so as a result, you've almost become, you've become more of a life coach, essentially, like a holistic coach when it, mm. when it comes to, to them. Well, I feel like I've had a life coaching session just from this <laughs> podcast last half gonna, an hour. I'm going to go yeah. check myself. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, you know, it's definitely um, progressed so much more than the physical and come through to the mental side that you've been mm. able to share with other people. And, and on that, like, you know, you, You've, you've, you've had a family for a long time. Has, mm. has that shaped you as well as much oh, as these other forces? Yes, I would, I would say equally as much if yeah. not more. And, yeah, like, like being a dad, like even saying that Oh, your face. I wish that we it's, you, it's, you guys it's, could it's, Yeah, that. but I, I don't know. It's, it's like, Beautiful. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I. I talk to others about it. I'm just trying to think of a time. I just, I, I just feel like a kid. <laughs> I, I, yeah. How, how can a kid have kids? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like it's a bit weird, and you know, I, I see photos with myself and and my kids and things like that, and it's just I don't know. It's like this, just this bit bigger kid bringing up, <laughs> bringing up other kids. Someone's left me with children. Yeah. I. <laughs> If, if I'm honest, I didn't watch Survivor. I thought it was yeah. weird to watch someone that I knew. Yeah. Out there. Right. I, like, I knew, like my parents loved it. Like Steve's yeah. on TV. I'm like, don't, yeah. don't. And the only episode I caught was, <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was Jack or was Axel had written you a Father's Day. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. And yeah. I, but like watching you burst into tears, I started crying in the yeah. middle of my living room, and I'm like. 
And I'm like, I'm so glad I caught this moment because I'm like, that's who I kind of knew you were. And yeah. like, it, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking, but it was amazing. I, I, in that moment, and I, and I actually see this microphone stand much to how we were sitting on the beach. I was sitting on the end mm. and they went around to everyone first. And I was just listening to people, watching their reactions as we, each of us opened up, you know, the thing, whatever it was that we had sent to us from our families and loved ones. And as it was getting to me, I was like, here is the opportunity. One of the reasons in which you did the show was to present a different way of being. Yeah. And mm. the perception of who I am, the commando and the like, not to break that or obliterate that, but to just show that I'm as human as anybody else. Mm. And I think it comes with being not, not so much confident but comfortable yeah. in who you are and surrendering to that. And regardless of what other people might say about crying or whatever it might be, mm. that's me. Yeah. yeah. And and I and the other thing I thought is if these cameras weren't there and I was in my own living room, no one else around, and 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 they were um you know, Jack's you know, um answers to those questions mm. and I was reading them, I would probably cry. I wanna cry now thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Just just be yourself. Yeah. Let it and I, I was sobbing. Like I, I couldn't say words. Yeah. Like I was I was like a little five year old that needed to be consoled. Yeah. And it was again, it was quite liberating. Yeah. In in that um, in that moment. And I can imagine it would have been. I mean, because that one of my questions I was asking asking you before was when you are your own brand, because essentially, mm. you know, you're a brand, you did Biggest Loser, and then did I read you just stint on Home and Away or something? Oh, and then you've, you know, you've gone on Survivor, and people still, like the general public, would yeah. still have this image of yeah. you. So, how do you disassociate from I'm Steve, who's a family man and loves my kids and it's okay to cry, versus the brand, I guess, of what. Yeah, like I've, I've had a lot of people say to me, "You need to be careful about this. And you need to be careful about that. You need, you know, it's it's all about upholding this kind of image and persona and the like." And you know that 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 just wears you out. Yeah, mm. you're trying to be something that you're not. <clears throat> but but through through your values and and I love the word attributes. Mm. Um, uh, you you can still be that, and essentially that's what I believe the commando or the commando Steve figure. You know the can the camouflage pants and the and the black singlet is yeah it's it's about and and what was my motto no excuses like essentially yeah. excuses are justifications yeah they 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 we can convince ourselves any which way we want to go through you know creating a justification around something and that's the mind mm. and sometimes just quietening the mind and just doing the work that needs to be done. Um, kind of, and that's back to surrendering to the process. There's such beauty in that. Mm. You know, I'm training for a, a, a triathlon at the moment, like the long, a long course. So, really, three point eight k swim, <laughs> a hundred and eighty k bike ride, and a marathon. Yeah, and um, that's with Matt Rogers, oh, know, yeah. who I met on Survivor. Yeah, and his charity for ASD kids. Yep. Um, so helping to raise awareness and money for for families and children that are autistic and on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and the show's called Maxing Out, so whenever 
if you're listening to this and you oh, it's going to be a televised, yeah, yeah. So they've done oh, the wow. season already. Yep. Myself, Susie O'Neill, yep. Um, the the Olympic swimmer yeah. and um, Danny Wills, an ex-pro surfer from yep. Byron. Yeah, the three of us are doing it, and it's 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 flame and challenging. Yeah, but, yeah. But that'd you be the saying, longest thing you've ever trained for, right? Well, hey, well the military yeah. stuff, but but yeah, in yeah. the sense of a, a challenge that's going to go an event. Yeah, yeah. it's going to go <clears throat> from the time you start to potentially fifteen hours. Yeah. Mm. Um, and those three disciplines, you know, you you want to be comfortable enough in the water amongst mm. potentially a few thousand other people when yeah. you get in that you come out of the water not too exhausted to be able to ride 180 kilometres to then get off and not be so taxed that you can run a marathon. Yeah. Nice. Like what I've even learnt in – we've been training, probably been training for eight weeks now. I think there's – yeah, so there's about eight weeks to go, so about 16 weeks in total. And um, the new experiences and mm. the new skills and – You're eating different as well and – Well, yeah. You like can every, eat whatever you everything. want. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, – it, it, it's it's back to that. It's this process. Like I had to swim three kilometers today, and then I had to do a ten k run. Like f- to ask me to do that, you know, even a few months ago, yeah. Like it, it would have wiped me out for the rest of the day. I would have probably gone and done it. Yeah, nowhere as fast you look as fine. I could do it now. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, mate, I haven't even had a shower. Oh yeah, I put some deodorant on and came straight here. Alex, when you she yeah. <laughs> from, uh, from a ten k run. Shit, and um. You know, getting on a bike and and going for a three hour ride, yeah, like, that's that's challenging stuff. And and the and the other beautiful thing is technology, though. With a lot of these things, you can set your bike up, take the back wheel off, put a trainer on, you know, boot up the computer and, and open a open certain apps. Yeah, and you can ride anywhere in the world on yeah. certain tracks, and it all Bluetooth talks to your bike, and you know, increases the resistance. So you got to go through your gears just yeah. like you're riding. No, There's people amazing. that have won competitions. And they haven't even gone out riding on the street in the streets um, from riding in their own living room. Really, I think a lot of that comes to. I mean, do you know what time you're hoping to do it in? I I actually wrote um, goal. on the goal board. Yeah, uh, twelve and a half hours. Yep. So I guess like where does your mind go to in that twelve yeah. and a half an hour? Yeah. So I think I've spoken to people who do endurance sports, and it's like, what do you think about? Because you can't have music when you do an Ironman. No. Um, you so can't. You, no. Well, well no. yeah. It's, no, you, well, you, you're in the uh, water and then you're on the yeah. bike. And actually, I don't think I can't run when for you 20 do, minutes without something in my ear. Well, when you do um, a lot of the proper races, you're not allowed to, actually. No. Um, just like you've also got to have a lot of your nutrition on you when yes. you're riding, you can't have it on top. And so, um, yeah, it's like you kind of get in. I've spoken to people in the past and they kind of get into like a meditative state almost during that process. Yeah. But yeah, each one is different as you get onto that. And that's, and that's what. Well, excites me, but at the same time, I I know through the challenge, and I know in my past, I wouldn't throw myself into certain challenges unless I knew I could do really well at it. Yeah, okay. Like have what, a you chance were afraid at winning. Failing, or well, it was the idea, I think, of of a certain achievement or yeah, a moment in time. Whereas now the challenge is, is so great and just physiologically I'm I'm not I'm a, I'm a fairly big guy to, yeah. to to throw myself into a challenge like that and actually just finish and finish in a reasonable time I think is is big enough expectations. Because you see a lot you know, of those triathletes, yeah, they're right. Oh yeah, like they're sixty something kilos yeah. or seventy kilos and 
And actually, my triathlon coach was telling me, for every kilo you lose, that equates to six seconds. So six kilos is in the run is automatically 30 seconds. Yeah. So I'm 92, 92 and a half, 93 kilos now. And so, you know, if I got down, if I lost six kilos, yeah, for every kilometer I ran, I'd be, I'd be saving 30 seconds. Really? Or I could run that time that little bit more efficient. Yeah. 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 My brother, he's a machine. Like, yeah, I didn't realize he was the, the Garmin, Garmin man. man with the enormous beard. He looks like oh, Forrest Gump running. You he know came that. and ran a half marathon with me on Sunday. Then he went out and ran 5Ks the other day, sub 20. Oh, wow. You no, know, that's fast. That's fast. And then the next day he went and ran a, another half marathon on his own, just in the, through the streets, in an hour 32. What? <laughs> so within, within three days, so he's run 42. He's run you know, 40, 47 kilometres, you know, at a fairly cracking pace. Mm. <laughs> like he, he's around a three-hour yeah, three hour mark for a marathon. So it's he's he's moving. Jeez. You know that's. I'll show you Steve our spare room. Yeah, you will. Podcast. You need to see this room. When we get up there, I'll show you. Uh, spare um, room. All right, I've got a. I could talk all day, but I really. I'm just got <laughs> the time. Right. Oops. Um, okay, what? You know, you're 42 now, right? Yeah, soon yep. to be 43. So when we met, you would have been my age, which is a weird thing to think about. Oh wow! You turned 30, I think, the day we met, but uh, or the couple of days after or something, um, which is weird because it would make me really young. Uh, has getting older changed you and what would you tell your 21-year-old self? Um, oh, it's definitely changed me. <laughs> definitely. I just, you don't have the vigour and the inclination with certain things. Um, I'm a lot more pragmatic uh, and I used to really throw myself into things uh, but probably be so focused mm. or ignorant to a lot of other things that were going on at the same time, whereas now... I'm more about trying to open up the funnel as much or take those blinkers off so that I'm what's going on in an environmental sense, you know, with others yep. and their my interactions with them and their interactions with me and that all those relationships with what it is that we're doing um, are, are more present, I guess, yeah. so that you're enjoying all of those things. Yeah. And, and I think we miss a lot of that when we're going at 100 miles an hour. Mm. I guess you know, that's a good analogy, isn't it? It's like if you're moving at speed, mm. you know, everything else around you becomes a blur and someone asks you, oh, did you see this? No. Yeah. Because you're so focused on X, Y, and Z or whatever it might be that it just completely passed you. And that's why, honestly, Alex and I do this is because we do run 100 miles an hour and this is our time. Like we're both fairly into our fitness, but this is our time to sit down and debrief and deconstruct what everything's just happened to us because we won't do it unless this happens. So is that what you'd say to your 21-year-old self? Slow down? (laughs) Just, yeah, take a chill pill, mate. And just, uh, (laughs) no, just, uh, just be a little more, uh, Go easy on the tat. <laughs> yeah, but no, I. But but it's it's it's. I find it hard answering things like that because it's only through those experiences and having done certain things that you are the person that you are yeah. today. Twenty-one-year-old Steve wouldn't listen to forty-two-year-old Steve. <laughs> no, definitely. And and I, the other thing in answering that is is identity and attachment. Yeah. To to a, a way of being. And 
letting go of certain things. Like everyone goes, oh, but you never tell anyone about your CrossFit, you know, um, how well you did and this and that. You know what? That's in the past. You know, like it, hey, it was great, but I'm not defining myself by how I performed 10 years ago. You know, mm. and a lot of things. And I see, unfortunately, a lot of my mates from the military who are still in the military, but they're not. Yeah. They can't let go of mm. who they were there. And it creates a lot of resistance, mm. a lot of hang-ups. It's happening a lot with sports people. And you know, even people in, in, um, in, in, uh, in the corporate world who are, are quite high up and you know, have a certain amount of responsibility and authority, and when they're not that person, they feel very shallow and, 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 and vulnerable. Yeah. And, and you know, if, you want to feel, if you want to feel vulnerable or, or insignificant, just take a little boat ride out and jump out of the boat and go and tread water in the big blue. Yeah. Like I'll tell you, that that's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> we did that the other day in a bit of an ocean swim. Oh, and yeah, you, that is just yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really grounds you. Yeah. So maybe you'd say to your twenty one year old self, just do everything you're gonna do, everything will be all right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, Isn't that a song? Maybe. maybe. Every little thing's gonna be all yeah. right, maybe. <laughs> um and finally, I think uh, I kind of know what your answer to this to is, is anyway, if I'm really honest. But what's your mantra for anyone trying to confront adversity on a personal level? Well, I guess a lot of it comes down to your perception of adversity and, and what it is. Um, but trying to manufacture it out of your life mm. or, or distract yourself by doing other things, like being with it. Yeah, and, 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 and if you're unsure around certain things, accept the fact that you might be a beginner at something and seek the advice of others yeah. that are doing it. I think, I think for me, and this is a bit of a personal note, there was something you wrote on, and I can't remember who told you it, but I think you, you'd put it down, the only way is through. Yep, it's on my website, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, that's just, uh, finally like on a personal level, quick thank you from me, because honestly, like, I mean, me two years ago, I was a fucking mess. Like, I mean, I was a mess. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, it was some of the lessons and some of the coaching you've given me at about 2021 20, that kind of got me through it. And, you know, obviously, Alex, and that's kind of why I'm here. But, you know, just a quick thank you on oh, something mate. I can write it down. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that. So, oh, But thank, thank you, you for coming on. Thank oh, thanks, you. Hi. Thanks. It's been amazing. And thank you, everybody that listens. Thank you. Yes, thank you, guys, as always. If, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode of Maker and Creator, why don't you share it with your friends? Um, if you want to hit us up, you can find Jai. He's at Double Star Co. And I'm Ms. Darlinghurst, MS Darlinghurst. Um, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Steve. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. I listened to Thick Matt Hahn talk and I recognized one day this isn't a gentle, just a human being talking to, talking, at, well, I was listening. So to me, I, I was, I'm saying, and anyone could have been you know, listening to him talk, the, the universe is using him as a conduit to express its infinite wisdom. He's so in tune. You hear a lot of the Buddhists talk about separateness. And our life as humans is to recognize that we're not separate to anything. We are one with everything. And, and when we're connected on a level that's far deeper than I've been, mm. and I believe we're all capable of going there, um, 
you see, feel, and interact on those levels yeah. far greater than anything if you were just on the surface. And so many of us just live on the surface. Yeah. Yes, a much deeper conversation <laughs> but than I but expected but us but to but have. I think, you know, I think back it's, to the whole cultural thing, and and, yeah. and and for people who want to go out and and um, and be themselves, you know, a sense of freedom, you know, validation in the things that they believe, and and like, like it, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be tough, it's yeah. going to be hard, but it's far more worth um, than just living on the surface, like you said.